I wanted to tell you. I wanted to reveal everything within me and stand before you completely naked. Beautifully flawed and unafraid to flaunt all of my perfect imperfections before you. But I couldn't do it. I wasn't prepared to show you just how broken I really was. My pride just wouldn't allow me to let my guard down, so I danced this forbidden dance. Completely covered and wearing a mask that not even I could recognize. I didn't get out much anymore. I enjoyed the occasional happy hour, networking, or a promotional event. But other than that, I spent most of my time either at home, trying to save a few coins to take care of bills, or over at Corey's spot trying to get me a good nut. But that was it. But after the week I had just had at work, trust me, nobody had to hold me hostage. I gladly accepted Joe's invitation to the Coco Lounge. The Coco Lounge was a quaint little spot with a live band and the best damn wings and drinks that I have ever tasted in my whole life. I was surprised that Joe even knew about the Coco Lounge. He didn't seem like the wings are hard liquor type. We were seated at a cozy little table for two in the corner of the lounge where we could really enjoy the ambiance. It was the evening, so they had very dim lighting with a few candles lit. Being there, sitting across from Joe, with him staring directly into my eyes, there was something kind of romantic about it. So what you know about the Coco Lounge? <laughs> Listen, I'm not suit and tie all the time. I like to let my hair down too. The music here is incredible and the food is on point. No complaints from me. I love it here. I agree. I love a little hole in the wall. Those are always the dopest spots. Just didn't seem like your kind of spot, but I stand corrected. Yeah, you can't be putting me in a box, love. Like you, I'm multifaceted. Oh, you think I'm multifaceted? <laughs> well, aren't you? I'm asking you. When you look at me... What do you see? Now, I knew that asking Joe a question like this could be tricky. He had a way of analyzing a person, almost frighteningly so. But he would do it with this whole Gandhi-like approach. He had a way of speaking in parables, sometimes as if our interaction was one big riddle. It had me slightly intrigued. Well, intrigued enough to play this little game with him for now. But I needed something concrete. That's a very vague question for such a calculated woman like you, Keenan. Oh. <laughs> so you see me as calculated? Go on. <laughs> okay, I'll take the bait. When I look at you, I see a woman on a journey to self-discovery. One who's very sure of what she wants, but sometimes you're unsure about how to attain it. You have this whole fragility about you. What intrigues me is that there's so much strength in it. You're the type that could be going through hell, but it would never show on your face. I admire that, but I also empathize. I couldn't imagine holding everything inside and pretending that it's all okay when deep down I knew that it wasn't. That tough exterior you wear, it's just a facade. It's not who you really are. There's this passion in your vulnerability though. That's what keeps my attention. You need to own that. That's the secret to where your power lies. I see what you have the potential to become what you will become and let me tell you it's something amazing I know that you believe it but once you really get a glimpse of it when you finally see it for yourself that's when you'll begin to really live it that's the woman I'm anxious to get to know that's what I see Kina I wasn't sure about what the proper response should be 
I knew what I wanted to say, but damn, it was just like one of those moments where I was completely speechless. Joe basically sang my life with his words. He made it sound all poetic and shit, but man, (laughs) did he hit the nail on the fucking head. What he said really struck a chord with me, and I sat there staring at him like he was a fucking gypsy turned life coach who had just discovered the meaning of life or something. Who says soul stirring shit like this on a date? What the fuck was I supposed to say? But I did ask, and yeah, he gave me one hell of an answer. What I saw in Joe wasn't much different from what he saw in me. What I had gathered from knowing him from just a short time was that he was very patient, but persistent. He made it clear that he was actively pursuing me, but he did it in such a way that wasn't aggressive or pushy. It felt very natural and progressive. I liked that about him, but I'll admit, I was skeptical. I mean... He said all the right things, he was a perfect gentleman, he kept giving me just enough to keep my interest, but I felt like there was something missing. There was a part of Joe's story that I didn't know, and I knew he wasn't so eager to share. So Kina, what about me? What do you see in me? I'll be honest, Joe. I feel like in many ways you can relate to everything you just said. I feel like you're the self-made man, very self-assured, but there's something else. I can't put my finger on it, but I know there's way more to the story than you're willing to share or that you have shared, if that makes sense. You speak effortlessly, but I kind of question the authenticity behind your words. You know so much, and yet I know so little about you. I think that's done purposely as a defense mechanism. Um, You seek something deeper, but yet you tend to keep things very figurative in an attempt to maybe escape the same permanence that you claim to seek. I find that very intriguing, but also confusing. Like, it makes me second guess you because I'm not certain that you're being genuine. You are very sure, but like me, you're very unsure. There's beauty in that, if it's real. Wow. I mean, part of me wants to be offended, but no, you're absolutely right. I hold back a lot, but trust me, I'm 100% genuine. You don't have to worry about that. I will admit, there are definitely things I have not shared with you out of fear. I don't want my past to be a hindrance in what the future holds. There you go with those damn parables again. What does that mean, Joe? We all have past. What is it you're not telling me? I want us to have a nice night tonight, Keena. Enjoy ourselves. Get lost in the music. I promise when the time is right, I'll share everything with you. You have my word. He was hiding something. And me being me... My mind was all over the damn place with possibilities. It seemed like every time I met someone, it would ultimately come to this. Something that they were hiding that would ultimately make me stop talking to them. Why did this shit always happen to me? Are you married, Joe? Six kids, five baby mothers, and a dog? Oh no, let me guess. You escaped from a mental institution, and Joe ain't even really your name, right? (laughs) Nothing like that, Keena. You watch too much TV. So what is it? I told you. I'll tell you another time. Not here, Keena. Okay, fine. Just promise me that this whole thing is not a waste of my damn time. Time is very precious to me, too. I wouldn't waste it. Let's enjoy tonight. I'll tell you everything tomorrow. I figured since Joe wasn't budging, I'd just leave it alone for now. But I knew tomorrow would take forever to come, and if he expected me to get through the night and just act like he wasn't hiding a secret, I was definitely going to need a stiff drink. Or three. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Coco Lounge. As you all know, 
We've recently had a spit that Saturdays into our life. It's our weekly open mic night for all the levels of lyrics and linguistics. And it features our house band, Paz D. The sign-up sheet is up front. So if you have the gift of spoken word, consider yourself a true wordsmith. Let us hear. I looked over at Joe and he was smiling from ear to ear. He set me up. He knew that tonight was open mic night and he wanted to hear me spit. Joe had asked me to recite some of my poetry to him before, but I was always kind of shy about it. That goes back to the whole vulnerability thing. I could always do it in front of a crowd, but that up close and personal thing, man, (laughs) that was tough for me. Up close meant that he would listen to every single word, follow every syllable, and mentally dissect it. That kind of scrutiny, I tended to stay away from it. But here, I had no excuse. It was a pretty nice crowd and I could always pretend that they were naked or something. Not to mention, once I had me a nice shot of 151, (laughs) that stage fright would disappear and everyone else no longer existed. I had gotten away from one of my very first loves, poetry. I wanted to do more with it, but it had become such an oversaturated trend in some areas and I wasn't like the rest. I had my own vibe and sometimes I was frowned upon in the poetry community. I had to go up there. It had been a while since I even wrote a poem, let alone performed one, and to give up the opportunity to do so, especially with such an amazing band, that would be crazy as hell. I figured that maybe this would be the push I needed to get back to my music, another love of mine that I had thrown to the wayside. Oh wow, isn't that a coincidence? It's open mic night, and you're a poet. What are the odds? <laughs> yeah, one big coincidence. You set me up. Who, me? Yeah, you. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. But since we're here, you might as well do your thing, right? <sighs> Fine. I'll sign up if you sign up too. You want me to do spoken words? Yes, I do. You're so very well spoken. I'm sure you'll come up with something. Okay, Keena. I'll play this game with you. Great. So let's sign up. I walked over to the sign-up sheet and signed both of our names. I was so nervous. But it made me feel a little bit better knowing that Joe was going to do it too. I was surprised he was even game for it. And the fact that he agreed definitely boosted his approval rating. I sat there anxiously waiting for the open mic portion to begin. They called me up first. All right, Coco Lounge. Let's welcome Keena to the stage. How y'all doing tonight? This piece is entitled Infinitely Infinity. You are the accident that happened on purpose. Nah, you happened with purpose. You see, we were destined to cross paths at least six billion lifetimes ago. And every past life we've encountered together has anxiously prepared us for the next. Motherfucker, I've been waiting on you. Through space and time and alternate dimensions, my spirit has followed you faithfully, patiently waiting for you to see me right here. Can't you recognize your queen? Remember when we made love of Mr. Serengeti? Or that time when we stood firmly planted on enemy lines, fighting side by side, I was the original ride or die. Don't you remember? Or are they simply distant memories deemed fictitious dreams, from strumming heartstrings to pulling heartstrings? Damn, you really don't remember me? Close your eyes and inhale me with your heart. As I invoke your inner king, the scent has to be familiar. Baby, I smell just like a forever love, so it's whatever love. This life or the next. But I'll always find my way back to you. 
infinitely infinity because forever's forever love the next day was the longest day of my life i swear i looked at my phone at least a dozen times waiting for joe to call text hell at that point a damn smoke signal would have sufficed we had an amazing time at the Coco Lounge, but I just couldn't shake the uneasiness I felt not knowing what Joe was holding back from me. I decided to text Corey to see what he was doing and to help get my mind off of Joe. Shit, I thought that maybe we could even get a little quickie in before work the next morning, but I didn't hold my breath. I knew Corey was still mad. Like Lamar, he had been giving me the silent treatment also. I just couldn't win. Hey you, how you doing? I'm good. How's Joe? Really, Corey? What, Kina? How's Stacy? Listen, she's married, Kina. It's not even like that. We're just cool. Could've fooled me. Man, look, it really don't even matter no more, okay? Stacy was our very married co-worker. She and Corey had all of a sudden become besties now that he and I were no longer speaking. And according to Yanni, the two of them were awfully chummy with one another. Yeah, I was feeling some kind of way about it. But hey, he wasn't my man anymore. So he was exactly right. It didn't even matter. So what's up? I mean, you obviously want something, right? You already know what I want. Well, you had it, but you fucked it up. Trying to be all slick. Slick? How? Like Stacy, Joe is just my friend. I'm not stupid. I know that's the same nigga you've been texting for months now. I mean, the nigga had you all smiling, sending you flowers and everything. So just go be with him, all right? Let him dick you up and down. Is this thing on? I just said he was my friend. That's it. So we gonna do this, or am I gonna have to sit here and keep reading this lifetime bullshit you spitting? You and that smart-ass mouth. Do something about it. I'm on my way. He put up all that fuss for nothing. At the end of the day, Corey knew where it was good at. Not that having great sex is some big accomplishment, but he knew he missed this pussy as much as she missed him. Part of me wanted to back out and tell him not to come. I didn't want Joe to call while I was out with Corey getting dicked down. Not a good look. But then again, it was already late and my body needed that fix. Corey and I were both quiet on the ride over, but the tension was so thick between us. Neither one of us had a thing to say. It was almost like this was just a business transaction. We had one goal in mind and that was it. No small talk. When we finally made it back to Corey's spot, I took off my shoes and sat on the edge of his bed. He was standing over me undressing. He didn't say a word, but his eye contact was intense as fuck. I guess he thought he was gonna be in charge because he pushed me down on the bed and started to undress me too. I allowed him to, but he didn't realize that tonight would be a little different than usual. Corey was normally very take charge and sexy aggressive, and I love that shit, but tonight, I had a little aggression of my own to release. Once he had undressed, he stood over me butt-ass naked. That dick was swinging in my face looking so chocolate and yummy, and I just had to indulge in a little taste of him. Come closer. All right. When I took him into my mouth, I knew all of that tough shit would go away. He was like putty in my hands. I loved having that kind of control over him. I licked and sucked all over the shaft of his dick, but the moment I slurped on that thick mushroom head, he nice. oh, damn, girl. You better suck this dick. Mm. Mm. I had him right where I wanted him. 
I pulled him down to the bed and mounted that dick before he had the chance to take charge. The way I was grinding on that dick let him know that I didn't come to play. He grabbed my hips, causing each stroke to go deeper. Mm, that's exactly why I couldn't leave him alone. I swear Corey had that magic dick. Oh, you missed this pussy, didn't you? Tell me you missed it. Nuh-uh. When he declined, that just made me grind on that dick even harder. Clenching his pussy around that dick, he didn't know what to do. I said, tell me. Uh, ooh, damn, bro. Um, yes, all right. Damn, I missed this pussy. Oh, so good. Before I knew it, Corey pulled me down to him. He gripped my hips and locked me in place so that he could take charge and pound all of that good dick into me. He started talking mad shit then. This is a good ass pussy. This is my pussy, right? Whose pussy this is? Huh? Is this Joe's pussy? Huh? He been up in my pussy, girl? Ask you a question, Keena. You better have been up in my pussy, girl. Yeah, that's right. It's my pussy, girl. Oh my. I was in the midst of busting a good nut when my damn phone rang. We both knew who it was. Corey flipped me over and started fucking this pussy from the back. He was going full fledged and I was loving it. I mean, you need to answer that? Yeah, answer it. Let Joe hear how you get fucked real good. Go ahead. Let him hear you now. Uh-huh. With all this good dick up in you now. Uh-huh. Answer it. He was taunting me, but that shit just made my pussy even wetter. That rage from his jealousy made our sex that much more intense. That night, Corey fucked me like he had never fucked me before. It was intentional. As if to say, you ain't never gonna find no dick like this. He was probably right, but we both knew this shit was over. Afterwards, we both laid in bed silent as hell. Nobody wanted to say what needed to be said. Finally, Corey broke the silence. I guess he just needed to know. Do you like him? Who? Oh, uh, I mean, he's cool. He's different. I wouldn't say liked. I'm intrigued. So, why did you just say that? <sighs> I told you we should have never made this shit complicated, Corey. I didn't mention him because he wasn't important. But he's important now? I don't know, but I think I do owe it to myself to at least see what's there. I mean, you and I were strictly sex, and you kind of flipped the script on me during the time when I was getting to know him. So you got in another relationship with me now, knowing you were digging somebody else. I mean, why would you do that to me, Kena? You gave me an ultimatum, Corey. What the fuck was I supposed to do? You were supposed to be honest. Speaking of honesty, what's up with you and Stacy? Oh, Lord. Don't start. Exactly. All of a sudden, y'all buddy-buddy? Explain that. Stacy and I are just friends, Kena. I mean, she's been here for me through all this. Through all of what? Us. This. I mean, whatever the hell this is. I've been trying to figure it out. I mean, like, forever now. But you... Girl, you and this damn wall of yours. Can't nobody break that shit down. I mean, I got real deep feelings for you, Kena. But I don't even think you even realize that shit. It has always been more than just sex with me, okay? You shut me out like you're afraid of something. I mean, I didn't know what to do. So I got another woman's perspective. So all of a sudden, you need a confidant because all of this is taking a toll on you? But you never once said shit to me. Why couldn't you just talk to me about whatever the fuck was going on? Because Kina is only fucking concerned about Kina. You are selfish and you are spoiled. And you only think about yourself. 
And to be honest, that is the real reason this shit can't work. You don't want to if it don't fit you. Honestly, I just don't think you give a fuck. If I'm so damn horrible, why even go through this? Because I fell in love with your selfish ass. And when you love somebody, the shit just don't disappear because you want it to. I don't know what you expect me to do with that information, Corey. Like, what do you want me to say to that? I mean, what the fuck, Keena? This isn't rocket science. You know what? Nothing. It don't even matter. We tried it and it didn't even work. And I'm cool with that. But this shit here, it's done. There was nothing more to say, but I honestly couldn't even take any more of that emotional shit. Shortly after our argument, I just packed my little overnight bag and left. I needed to get away from Corey. It was just too much. Part of me knew that he was right. I could be selfish as fuck sometimes, and I only cared about my damn self. But I'm a firm believer that sometimes, that's just the way things have to be. I protected my heart at any cost, but I knew that if I wasn't careful, I'd end up paying an amount I couldn't afford. On the way back home, I looked at my phone and saw the missed call from Joe. I didn't know what he had to tell me, but after dealing with Corey, I didn't even know if I could take any more drama for the night. I guess he must have sensed me thinking about it, because right then, the phone rang. When I answered, I tried my best to play calm, even though on the inside, I wanted to scream. Joe had purposely kept me waiting all day, and I wanted to know why. Hey, beautiful. How was your day? He had the nerve to call me at almost 10 p.m. with small talk. I couldn't believe it. My day was eventful. Nice to finally hear from you. I know, I know. Things got a little hectic on my end, and I wanted everything to be settled when we finally spoke. Okay, so spit it out. Damn. You waste no time, huh? Joe, listen. It's 10 o'clock. You had the entire day. Time is up. He was stalling. I could tell that what he had to say was about to be something deep just by how his breathing changed. I knew it was going to be some shit that I just couldn't get over. Okay, listen, Kima. What I'm about to tell you, I really hope it doesn't ruin our friendship and what I'm trying to build with you. I just need you to have an open mind about it. His voice was trembling, and for the first time ever, Joe was openly unsure of himself. I didn't know how to respond, so I just remained silent on the line. Keenan, are you there? Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Past Due was created and executive produced by Experience J. Music and sound design by Experience J, Leo Zaruki, Gustav, and Gavin Luke. Podcast intro produced by Jonathan Gaither. Add voiceover by Mercedes Lewis of My Promo Voice. Past Due was written by Experience J, starring Experience J, with an ensemble cast played by Zay Walker, Hubert Williams, and Belial Wright. Musical artists featured on this episode include Spring Gang, Catnip, Taylor Watts, Stonekeepers, and Xavier Ruzan.